My name is Caitlin Malinowski, and I am your host of the IAUG Insider Podcast, the home of exclusive interviews with Avaya and IAUG industry leaders on the latest telecommunications news, trends, and best practices. On today's episode of the IAUG Insider Podcast, we sat down to chat with Phil Moen of Unimax. He explored some of their products and services and gave us some insight onto what tools you can use to automate your platforms. Enjoy. All right. Hi, Phil. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Caitlin. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the IAUG Insider Podcast. Um, I'm going to have you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners who may have not met or heard of you before. Sure. So I'm Phil Moen, and I'm president and CEO of Unimax Systems, and I've been that for about 15 years. Awesome. Sounds great. So, Phil, I think most of our listeners are probably pretty familiar with Unimax, but for those of you who are just learning or those who may have not come across your product before, what does Unimax do? Sure. So we're a software development company. So we write software and make software and release software and support that software. And our software generally helps to unify and administer telecommunication systems across a wide variety of platforms. So as it relates to the IAUG and Avaya, uh, we support and help to manage systems such as a communications manager uh, or a messaging system manager modular messaging, uh, office links, and CMS contact center, CS1Ks, call pilot, Intuity, and that's not even to mention the fact that we do a lot of integration work to also provide the ability to manage users, say, an Active Directory, Skype for Business, Teams, you know, the associated uh, systems to Microsoft that might be in the environment as well. So that administration and provisioning of users and assets across all of those platforms can be completed from one of our many available user interfaces, depending on the need and the role and the technical proficiency of the user. Great. So tell me a little bit more about your relationship with IAUG and Avaya. Oh, sure. That, that goes back quite a long ways. It predates me, that's for sure. We've, we've been involved with um, Avaya for, I want to say, coming up on 30 years and, well, the, the predecessor to Avaya as well. But uh, in those 30 years, we've been simplifying, simplifying telecom and administration and invite, involved with and supported every Avaya Nortel user group since the beginning. So today, we're a five-star partner of the IAUG and Avaya DevConnect technology partner, and a gold sponsor of next year's Avaya Engage conference, which, as you know, is in Orlando. And so we're really proud of this past and even the current user group heritage and our Avaya partnership. And so I want to thank the IAUG and the Avaya communities at large for all of the support that we've had over the last 30 years. Absolutely. So we're super happy to work with you as a partner. I know we have a lot of partnership opportunities that we, we utilize with your team. So it's always great to have you guys on board. Um, Phil, from your perspective as the CEO, what are you seeing that's new in the Avaya marketplace? 
Um, well, I think the thing that we're hearing the most about today, and I don't know if it has just to do with the pandemic, it certainly predates that, is that, you know, since all companies are always looking for ways to uh, save money and make employees' life at work a little bit more efficient and easy and get the job done, I think without question is this idea of layered automations. And so how can we help automate processes? And of course, there's that word automation can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So for example, in some cases, just the ability to shorten the provisioning process when assigning assets or bringing on new users can be considered automation. So by creating, say, templates and number conversion tools, you can take what would have taken, say, 30 minutes to a mere couple of minutes or even seconds. So we're able to do that because we establish direct connections with all of the underlying systems in the manners prescribed by the manufacturer. So we're using, you know, the Avaya techniques to go into the, the systems and connect with them. And then what we do is we gather that information together. And so we may gather information uh, from Active Directory uh, as an example. So in one workflow, I can say, gather all that information from AD, provision a CM station, assign a E164 phone number with an, from an available pool, uh, assign an Aura mailbox with a number, an MS Teams user and a CMS agent, create any extension or mailbox number transformations needed, and then write the correct phone number information backed into Active Directory. And I can do all of that with one click of a button. Sure, and can automation include tier one help desk agents? Yeah, so a moment ago, I mentioned that automation can be layered, and, and that is very much the next layer. So we're getting closer and closer to the actual phone user. So when automation is used with help desk agents, they get a different UI. It's a, it's a web tool UI that's really made for the eyes and ears of a tier one help desk agent. So they don't have to be highly trained. They get somewhat trained because it's very easy to use. You know, these aren't telecom engineers. You know, they're not system engineers. They need put things put into somewhat more plainer English. Um, maybe um, they don't know what EC500 means, but they do know what it means to simultaneously ring a cell phone. EC500 standing for um, you know, extension to cellular. So they'll take that capability and maybe pass it, the, the telecom engineer will pass it over to the tier one help desk so that they can make that assignment rather than just writing a ticket and sending it on down to a telecom engineer to take his time to do it. Because it's not that the it's not that the the tier one help desk agent doesn't have really the physical capability. Uh, I should say the mental acuity to do that, it's they're physically blocked from wanting them to get into the system through the systems tools themselves, because they can be complex, they can break things, and we don't want that happening. So we kind of have this insurance barrier with our UI that they're able to do a number of things. Now, what number of things is a good question. Um, the number of things are limited, but they're actually quite broad. In fact, they're broad enough where we also provide a configuration tool for the end client so they can decide what of my help desk agents 
can they have access to and what things can they change? And you can have layers of those too. So tier one guys can do this and tier two gals can do that, et cetera, et cetera. So by putting kind of all this information in one configurable location, that's really easy to access using nothing but a browser, um, now and, and configure it. Now I can see normal labels. I've got a regular web UI and I can make changes as those calls are coming into the help desk rather than passing the tickets along. This podcast is sponsored by Unimax. Unimax provides a UC management software suite that integrates with Avaya. It includes tools for provisioning, employee self-service moves, ads, changes, and deletes or MACDs, help desk agent MACDs, automation, i.e. automated provisioning slash deprovisioning, phone number and DID management, system migrations, unified MACD administration, and much more. Their products are vendor agnostic and compatible with single and multi-vendor systems from not only Avaya, but also Cisco, Microsoft, OpenText, formerly AVST and Xmedia, Poly, ServiceNow, and other ITSN platforms, Genesis, and others. To learn more, visit Unimax online at www.unimax.com. Sure. And if you can offload telecom and UC MACDs to help desk agents, can you do the same with self-service employees? Yes. So we have many of our customers who have the next layer of automation, which would be that self-service, self-help kind of a platform where you just simply navigate to this location. We determine who you are through your Active Directory credentials, and then we show you what it is you can see and what you can change, which which is either only your own assets or delegated assets. Say there is an assistant to three vice presidents, and that assistant has delegated authority to make changes on all three of those vice president's phones. So either the end user themselves or a delegated end user can make changes. And this is probably even simpler because these aren't tier one help desk folks anymore. These are the actual end users themselves. And I don't know how recently you've gone to a hard desk phone yourself and say, I'm going to set up my speed dial and my EC500 simultaneous ring for my cell phone. But I'll tell you, I don't think I could do it today. So we even use our own tools internally. So when I make those kinds of changes to my phone, I make them using this end user tool. It's called line one. And I can easily log in. I can see what I can navigate around and change. And again, the client gets to make that decision about what options am I going to make available for my employees? And in fact, what are those labels going to say? And in fact, what's my welcome message when they first get there going to say? That can even come down to password rules. So if you're setting up a a password for your voicemail, there are certain rules that go around that. You don't want people entering five ones as an example. And so we'll explain what the rules are. We'll let them set it. If it's not right, we'll devalidate it and say, no, that's not a, a, a password that is available on that particular voicemail system. So you have to pick one in this kind of a a way, a protocol to do it. So this end user tool takes so much workload off of uh, the telecom engineering staff. um, And many large companies on the planet are using that tool today uh, around the globe. Awesome. And how about lights out automation? Can your automation solutions be triggered with ITSM platforms, Active Directory, or other business applications? Okay, that's a lot. So let me kind of unpack that just a little bit. Um, 
automation at the kind of coup de gras level, the best possible level, is what you refer to as lights out automation. And we have a lot of companies that do this with us. So our platform will do the underlying heavy work so that no one really has to. Now, the way that works is it is triggered from somewhere, whether it's triggered manually from an ITSM such as ServiceNow. We have a lot of customers that use ServiceNow as sort of their UI in front of our uh, changing control engine. <clears throat> and so they may enter information there or even provision a user from there. And then that data trickles down into our system and we go do all the rest of all the other underlying systems. So yes, any ITSM platform, um, that trigger an active directory. And, and let me give you a little bit more on that. I talked about provisioning a user a little bit ago. Um, when I provision that user, there are literally a thousand settings across those platforms that I could make. So I typically model that against what are called business rules. So there's this business logic that's underlying how am I gonna do what I do when a new Active Directory user shows up. So that new Active Directory user shows up, we see it maybe at night, and then our process kicks in and it'll use the business rules such as, what is this person's role? Where are they in hierarchy? Where do they live or work? And we'll use those pieces of information to model out, okay, what should they be provisioned? What phone number should they get from what available pool? Um, and then once we, once we do that and we make those creations, we just go to all of those underlying systems and make those changes. And that can happen for some of our customers. There can be a thousand of those overnight, every night, because they're large enough where they'll have that number of people and that much change. And again, like I mentioned with line one, the end user tool, this takes all of that work off of all the telecom engineering staff so they can work on more important projects and they're not down doing these kind of simple tasks. Definitely. So how can our listeners learn a little bit more about adding a Unimax product or automation to their Envia environment? Well, what we like to do um, is we like to work with the, any customer very carefully and individually and understand their environment first. So what systems do they have in place? How many things are on all of those various systems? I mentioned, um, I mentioned a phone PBX a while ago, a number of uh, different uh, voicemail platforms, as well as some contact centers. We kind of look at everything they have in place, where are their active directory clusters, et cetera. We look at all of those various things we, and we say, okay, what's the right approach here if they wanted to do some level of automation or if they just wanted to simplify that work? And what we do is we'll typically say, after we understand that environment, let us show you the varying tools we have, and then let's see what level of automation you wanna to go to. We do that through um, a personalized demonstration. Um, and we also do that by providing things like ROI information and working closely with that company. And people can reach out to us. Um, our website is unimax.com, that's U-N-I-M-A-X, or they can just simply send us an email at a very easy to remember email, tell me more at unimax.com. Awesome. Well, those are some great steps to take to moving forward with your product. I definitely really appreciate you coming on and chatting with us today, Phil, and I hope you have a great weekend um, and we'll see you at Engage in June. Sure will. Thanks, Caitlin. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us for this week's episode of the IAUG Insider Podcast. Be sure to join us again next week for the rest of David and Mike's episode.